The men I killed, your men, I gave them a chance. They made their decision. I'm giving you the opportunity to make yours. I've done some bad things in my life. I promised someone that I love very much that I would never go back to being that person. But for you, I'm gonna make an exception. Welcome to The Rank with John and Zach. I'm John. I'm Zach. We've been friends since Cub Scouts, and now 30 years later, we decided to start a podcast where we'll be ranking anything and everything. You know, the natural progression of events for millennials. You're probably wondering what credentials we have to rank anything. Well, we don't have any. And if you disagree, <laughs> join the discussion at Twitter at, at the Rank Podcast, on our website at therankwithjohnandzach.com. Or email us at the rank with John and Zach at protonmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at the Rank Podcast. And remember, please rate, review, and subscribe so we can keep this thing going. Anyway, enjoy the show. Tomorrow, Lyndon's uh, we're doing Lyndon's birthday like celebration. So we, you know, we on his birthday we did a cake and we went to like a bowling alley and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was fun, but originally we were going to take that day off and go to Legoland. Oh yeah. Cause you know, he loves Legos. And so we're like, okay, we're going to go to Legoland for your birthday. And this was like, I don't know, a month before his birthday. And he was like, I don't want to do that. I want to go to a deep, dark cave where it's scary. And we're like, for your birthday? Yeah. And we thinking, okay, he's just sort of saying that. So then like, you know, two weeks later we asked him again and he's like, no, no, I want to go to a, not Legoland. I want to go to a, <laughs> I want to go to a dark cave uh-huh. where it's scary for my birthday. Okay, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so of course, then everybody was like, everybody talked like, oh, we'll go to How, How Caverns, go to How Caverns, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, Sarah found one that's like a little less commercial, and mm-hmm. it's called the Secret Caverns. Oh, so we're gonna do that tomorrow. So we'll, we'll see what Lyndon thinks of a cave. I know I liked caves when I was little, so. Yeah. That's kind of, do you have any idea where he got the idea from? Like, it seems a little It's random. Minecraft. It's, de- it's oh, got to be Minecraft. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I thought maybe he watched The Descent and decided he was really into that, which I would not, I would not recommend. <laughs> I don't, you don't think I either. should have, no, I haven't, but you don't think I should have my uh, five-year-old watch The Descent? No, it's uh, very... It actually kind of... I think it's the last horror movie I, I've seen because it freaked me. Well, not because... You know, I don't like horror movies in general, but that one that one definitely contributed to my going, you know what? Maybe horror isn't the genre for me. <laughs> <laughs> horror is definitely not the genre for me. And I don't even... I don't care. I know there's probably plenty of cinephiles out there like, you're doing a movie podcast? You know, like horror mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i don't fucking like horror man yeah. i i don't particularly enjoy being freaked out in my home because i watch something you know Same, you know i don't i don't get wanting to be scared i don't get people who love spooky scary things i don't know it's just not my thing i mean what well, it is like i want i want to go to a deep dark cave and i want my cake to be a scary ghost which not only did he want it to be a scary ghost but sarah was like here's some ghosts and he's like those aren't scary <laughs> So when we actually had the cake on his birthday, he was like, because you remember I've told you, he gets like scared in movies. Uh-huh. We, wa- we were watching Elmo and Grouchland tonight, and he was scared of it. 
Okay. And meanwhile, he wants scary ghosts and, and yeah. cave monsters, I guess. It is the most bizarre thing. Um, I'm trying to remember. I decided I wanted to go see The Descent, just to get back on that, because it was supposed to be like <laughs> the, the cinephiles horror movie. Because you okay. said you know, there are probably cinephiles out there who are like, how do you... Cinephiles love horror. horror. I don't really understand it. Yeah, this one particularly, because apparently it had references and the the the, uh, the, po the poster for it referenced an old movie and like all these cr serious critics that I respected were like, oh, it's really good. So I was like, okay. And I uh, asked I uh, asked my now spouse and a friend of ours who definitely will go see any horror movie with you at any time. We were like, <laughs> you want to see this movie? He's like, I have actually did want to see that. And we're like, that's not surprising. And then we got there and I'm trying to remember what movie it was. There was a movie out at the same time as it. But it was a silly movie. It was like it wasn't Anchorman, but you know, it was like Anchorman or something. And do you remember what year this this was? It was I was in college, so it was two thousand six ish. It's a two thousand five movie. It looks like I, I don't know what came out in two thousand five, but might have been like that. But um, yeah, I thought it would help me, but it didn't. <laughs> we stopped at I think the Pizzeria Uno in the mall, and I got a few adult beverages. And it was feeling very silly. And then we were like, oh, maybe we should go see that 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 silly comedy instead. It looks kind of silly. And then we're like, no, no, no. I, we came here to see this. We'll go see that. And then the descent had started for five seconds. I'm completely sober now because I'm scared as hell. And I go, we should have seen Anchorman or whatever it was. <laughs> I why didn't we go see one. The, Yeah, I, why didn't I follow my instincts? <laughs> and then the movie... I'm still kind of freaked out. Not that I would ever go spelunking anyway, but if I had the interest in spelunking, it's it's gone it's now. It's gone now. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, we're not going to... Well, I guess... I don't think that spelunkers would call what we're going to do is spelunking, but uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to go into any areas that would be, like, scary. Is it just me or is spelunking kind of vaguely a gross word? Sounds good. Yeah, I mean, you know what it always makes me think of is uh, it makes me think of um, South Park, the movie. I don't know There's, a reference to spelunking in that. I'm sure well, they call him an ass spelunker. Oh, they call someone <laughs> that. it's just like a really goofy line. It rather is, isn't it? <laughs> but no, we're not going to do the descent style spelunking. Good, um, good, good, because that would be scary. Well, so had, you hadn't seen The Equalizer before, right? No, I hadn't. I assume I'd heard of it at some point in my life, but I hadn't heard of it as far as I knew, because you said it, and I was like, that, okay, is that a movie here? <laughs> well, I mean, we're doing this because The Equalizer 3 comes out, or came out yesterday. Oh. Right? Came out Friday. Yeah. And uh, I haven't seen it yet, obviously. I'm assuming you haven't either. Mm-mm. But I am curious, you know, if the people that like the Equalizer series are like, yeah, the Equalizer 3 is the best. Or if they're like, well, fuck, they should have stopped at the first one, you know? Yeah. I don't I've, I don't think I've ever seen the second one, so. As one might imagine, I did not. I, yeah, I, you, I, you didn't I, just I, happen to see two after yeah. not seeing one? No. <laughs> How weird. I hadn't, I hadn't even heard of two at one, and I was like, oh, Equalizer 2? That sounds like something I should watch. <laughs> And then I forgot there was there was a one. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I must have heard of this movie at some point, but like 
don't know if you say so. <laughs> well, I mean, let's dive in here. So let's let everybody know what the agenda is for our episodes. So in every episode, we give a brief summary of the uh, of the film, which is the Equalizer today, and um, then we dive into the potent notables, which are just interesting facts and tidbits that we've found out about production. And then we do a movie overview, which, spoiler alert, we are going to go through the entire movie from beginning to end, basically just like narrating the plot for you. Maybe not quite like that. Hopefully it's more fun than that. And um, and then we do the rank, which is, you know, the namesake, the segment that the show is named after, where we rank the movie on a scale of one to five, one being the worst, five being the best um, in 10 different categories. We add up both of our scores. That gives you the cumulative rank. And then hopefully we're finding the best action movies of all time. Well, anyway, today, as I said, we're ranking The Equalizer, the 2014 film starring Denzel Washington, written by Richard Wank, and which was based on the TV series created by Michael Sloan and Richard Lindheim. Yeah, there's another and, thing I didn't know existed was the TV series. No, me either. I I had no idea until I was doing like the re, like just researching the write up that I was doing for this. Yeah, and I was like, oh shit, it was a TV show. All right, <laughs> you say so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and also directed by Antoine Fuqua. Um, the movie follows Robert McCall, a former black ops operative who leads a quiet life working at a home improvement store. When he sees injustice and violence inflicted upon the helpless, McCall's dark past resurfaces as he takes matters into his own hands to seek justice and protect those in need. As he dispenses his unique brand of vigilante justice, McCall finds himself caught up in a dangerous web of crime and corruption. So, that's the summary. Um, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot to say thank you. I didn't wear my manners. <laughs> Um, so we've ranked Aliens, Cliffhanger, Central Intelligence, Bloodsport, The Mummy, Predator, Hero, Iron Man, Speed, Bullet Train, Jason and the Argonauts, Mission Impossible, Bullet, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Spider-Man, Mission Impossible 2, Inception, The Accountant, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Robot Jocks, The Nice Guys, and The Fifth Element. I will say The Fifth Element was lower than Zack, I think, thought it was. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of did think it might be. I thought it might do pretty well, but well, you know, it's funny. I've, I've been thinking about it ever since we ranked that one, because I, I could tell that you were like, "Oh, this didn't do as well as I thought it would," and I was thinking about it, and I'm like, you know, if you had been nicer on action sequences, it probably would have done better. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and and it, it's funny because after I do the rankings. I kind of forget sometimes what my reasoning was. So I'll look back and be like, why did I do that again? <laughs> sure, I had a reason, but... Um, it's funny, because I do remember. I remember that you said, well, you know, it didn't really have many action sequences. So while the yeah. one action sequence it did have was really good, um, I couldn't go higher than that. And, you know, I was like, well, but shit, that one was really fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good, dumbass. But uh, yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. I, you know, it's funny that was reasoning. I kind of wonder if certain days, I don't know, certain times, if we if we did things in different orders, if they wouldn't end up a little bit differently. Because like, you know, every so often, 
will think like, damn, that early movie we did is a lot better than that. Mm -hmm. It's like kind of low because we were being really hard on them and then we were getting easier and easier. So yeah. I kind of wonder if that one had been, well, not the fifth element. I don't know because the fifth element was, was later, but sometimes I wonder if just been a different day, maybe. Well, I think, not, you know, it's interesting because I, I think what's sort of interesting about the way we started out with this mm -hmm. is that I was definitely like, I went into it being like, okay, I've got to be harder on this stuff because I, I know that I'm going to be an easy grader, you know, mm -hmm. like I wouldn't be a good professor because I'd be like, you got an A. <laughs> Congrats, everyone. <laughs> Everybody gets an A in my class. Um, I probably wouldn't be that bad, but you know what I mean? But the, uh, but I think you had sort of a different outlook. I feel like you went into it being like, I'm going to be more optimistic. I don't want to like be giving shitty grades or shitty rankings to all these, you know, because aliens, you were like way higher than me. And then it's sort of the next one was cliffhanging and you're like, no, I'm not, I'm not being nice to this. Like, I think from that movie on, it was like the slow transition of like, okay, mine got definitely got higher and yours got lower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so I think that's stupid cliffhanger and putting me in a bad mood for the entire rest of the, of the <laughs> podcast. Actually it wasn't cliffhanger so much as it was John Lithgow. <sighs> you know, ever since John Lithgow showed up by surprise in the accountant, <laughs> when I don't know a movie very well, like I was watching the equalizer here and I was like, if John Lithgow shows up as <laughs> like a him, I'm imagining him doing a really, really John Lithgow Russian accent. Yeah, you know right. How he does his accent and cliffhanger, except it's the same thing except Russian now. And I'm like, mm, I don't know if I bought him as Pushkin. <laughs> um, well, he didn't show up. Thank, thank my friend. Um, now I, I will say going into this, I sort of, I, I didn't really, I, I didn't really have any expectations for the Equalizer. I sort of just kind of figured it'll probably be. I don't know, maybe B tier, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't really, I don't really try to grade it like that going into it. I just kind of was like, you know, yeah, just yeah, just based on the fact that I've seen it and it's not one that's particularly stands out to me. Um, but I was curious, did you have any presumptions going into this? Uh, not really. <laughs> that's a really boring answer, I know, but um. It's, it was the sort of thing where I, I just, you know, I, I didn't know anything about it, so I didn't know what to think or say or care. I was like, i just go into this. and Because I, I saw it was like, you know, it's, I kind of said that about as dumbly as a person can say it. So I, I like, <laughs> you know, I, I sort of had a slight idea of what might be going on, but, you know, I kind of decided I don't know anything about it, so I may as well just go in blind. Yeah. It's probably a good way to do it. I mean, I sort of wish there were some movies that I could go and watch. Honestly, I think I gave Robot Jocks better rating, better uh, grades because of going into it blind. And I think I gave Bloodsport worse grades than you because of going into it blind. So there's something to be said for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, if you had known what you were getting into with Robot Jocks, you may have, I don't know refuse to watch no, it or something. Actually, you know what it is? It's that I, I did know what I was getting into. So that's that's probably not how I should say it. Because 
I knew it was going to be a bad movie. Mm-hmm. So that was like I was set up for that. I was like, okay, well, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be because like, I thought it was going to be really fucking terrible, and it was. Are you sure? <laughs> oh, pretty good. Um. Well, anyway, I guess we'll find out where uh, where the equalizer ends up in the rankings here. Um, but let's dive into the potent notables. Please do. So as always, we're going to start out with the box office results. The Equalizer made $101.5 million domestically and $90.8 million internationally for a worldwide total of $192.3 million against a budget of $55 million. So it's a pretty decent hit and Mm -hmm. um, sort of, it's kind of like, the way action movies are now where they, they, they're like a moderate hit and it produces sequels. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I found interesting is that typically domestic is not higher than international. So my point in bringing that up is that I wonder if Denzel Washington is not as big of a draw internationally as he is domestically. That's an interesting question and not one to have any semblance of an answer to. (laughs) I have no speculation even. Usually I'm fine to speculate away. I'll just be like, well, it might be because of the weather patterns. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> But that one, I don't know. I think maybe it's the internet, uh, domestic audience. Wait, I don't know. <laughs> which which one <laughs> is the international audience like me didn't know the fucking movie existed, maybe. <laughs> I know I... it was this. You're saying it's a moderate hit and everything, and I'm like, Jesus, where was I? I think... In my personal opinion, the reason I didn't have any idea about it was because it just I got mixed up with a lot of other what seemed to be moderate to low hits that Denzel Washington has been in over the years. Like I think I thought this movie was Man on Fire. Yeah, I can um, see that. Which is stupid, I guess, now that I say it out loud. But uh, or like, what's the Negotiator? Is that one of them? You know, that's man. Samuel L. Jack. The inside man is Denzel. Yeah. The negotiator is a great one, though. That's Denzel, or not Denzel. I just said it wasn't. That's yeah. Samuel L. Jackson and uh, Kevin Spacey. Oh, yeah. That's always a good time when Kevin Spacey is involved. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there was a time when we didn't know that he was a piece of shit. <laughs> Apparently, a lot of people in Hollywood knew, and everyone was just mum about it. I hate when that happens. Yeah. Why? What? Why does that ever happen? Um, I don't know, enabling, protecting, I don't know, who knows. It's a well, weird every, thing, isn't it? Well, the thing that gets me is every so often these, like, it turns out, oh, people did know and kind of say, to the point that sometimes even people made jokes and just, right. oh, well, like, uh, have you ever seen the 30 Rock episode where Tracy Morgan's character makes a joke about Bill Cosby raping his aunt? Oh, and, yeah, I know. And it's like, I'm glad that they made the joke in a way, but at the same time, like, I wish somebody had done something. And, and like, Seth MacFarlane, I think, made a Harvey Weinstein joke. Yeah. So, He's like, done a lot of those. He kind of exposes people on the family guy. Mm-hmm. So, like, so good on them for doing that. At the same time, though, like, I don't know. Call somebody. You well, see something wasn't it, wasn't it Hannibal Burris that kind of yeah. actually got... Yeah, he was the one who he did a stand-up set on it, and just a, for some reason that one was the one the internet was like, "Hold on a second. Yeah, wait, let me look into this. Oh, yeah. Bill Cosby's a rapist. Also, out free. Yeah, and <laughs> just hanging out. But no, currently out free. Yeah. Um, 
I forgot that he had actually been due to some kind of technicality or something. It was yeah, it was like a you know, like the prosecutor introduced uh, evidence that he wasn't supposed to or something like that, and mm-hmm. that got just like this is crazy. Well done, prosecutor. Yeah, prosecute you. Anyways, um. Yeah, well, this took a weird turn. Um, <laughs> but what's interesting about this being a moderate hit and and producing sequels is that this is the only movie that Denzel's ever done sequels to. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He's never in a sequel. <laughs> so you're trying to think of a sequel as though, like, there's an No, picture I'm not being hyperbolic. This is, like, legit. No, I believe it. I'm, I just, uh, I'm, I'm, like, thinking, hmm, there's got to be one in there somewhere. Like, I could think of. Like, like, you know. But anyway. Um, well, yeah, he did do the sequel to Glory. <laughs> is there a sequel to Glory? And I'm just... Well, I'm just you know, naive, sweet... Modern, modern cinema, you know. Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> just, um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, it's like this is a... Malcolm X was the sequel to Glory, by the way. Um, that's actually kind of true. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, he doesn't really do like, and I don't want to call this movie too commercial, but, you know, he doesn't do things that are going to be like huge commercial hits necessarily. But yet, so I've read, you know, and I'm, I should have looked this up for the Potent Notables, I guess, but I have read that he's one of the consistently biggest draws in the United States. Like, he's one of the few stars that will still bring people to the movie just because he's in it. Yeah, um... Just sort of uh, quietly, like yeah, making money. Never like huge blockbuster hits, or not. I shouldn't say never. They're, that's not what he's known for as huge blockbuster hits. But you put him in a movie that you got like a you know forty to sixty million dollar budget, and you're like, well, we're definitely making money on this. Just just plugging away, <laughs> making money. And now they got his uh, his son's trying to be a. You know, is that John David? Yeah. I don't think I think they put him in lead roles too soon, in my opinion. He wasn't ready. He needed more seasoning in the minors. Well, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, you sort of it's hard to just carry a movie, you know? True, true. Um but anyway, let's dive into these. So the script originally had no backstory about Robert. Mm-hmm. Um, so Denzel Washington contributed much to the character's background and backstory, including McCall having obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I realized he had that. So this is what's really funny to me. I I was reading this and I'm like, he had OCD, Uh you know, like I was like, I mean, I, I know that I haven't seen in a while, but I don't really remember that aspect of it. Yeah. And so I was like kind of looking for it and I was like, Oh, okay. He does do some, like, he does have some idiosyncrasies here, but I'm like, none of this to me screams like, oh, this person's got, like, he's got mm-hmm. OCD. Uh, but uh, whatever. That might actually but, be a good thing because may, it might be a more realistic portrayal instead of, like, the, the the exaggerated OCD that people... That's a good point, and I do think um, he did an interview, I, th- I think I read an interview where he said... I didn't want to make it an overpowering thing. I just wanted it to be something in the background that people might pick up on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he made a choice and he did it. So now in, in addition to his daily physical and fight training, 
before filming, Washington met and interviewed several real-life OCD sufferers in order to gain insights on how to uh, to play that disorder correctly. Which is funny to me because, like, he's like, I'm going to play him as OCD. And then he was like, okay, now I'm going to go interview people so I can play it right. <laughs> yeah. That's just, like, you'd think if you were going to make that choice, you would, like, it would be because you had it in your back pocket. Like, oh, I know how to do this. <laughs> I just, he's obsessive about research. Compulsive, even. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's good. Now I feel okay about, leaving, you know, cutting out that other zinger you had. <laughs> Anyway, now according to the director, during the re during the research for the role as an underage escort, Chloe Grace Moretz interviewed real life prostitutes. <laughs> How much interviewing in this movie is there? <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, in in preparation for being a real, you know, for playing a fat guy, the guy who played the, that security guard dude went out and interviewed real life fat people. Well, it's funny that you would say that because listen to what the escort told her. Uh -huh. So she met an escort who initially told her to gain weight because in that profession, in order to take care of different men, escorts have to have some flesh. Moretz, who was a minor at the time of filming, changed her diet and gained weight for the role. Now, now I feel weird about making the joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I thought it was kind of funny. Anyway. <laughs> I'm surprised they let her play the role if... I guess the character that was she was a minor. Well, so here we go. This is where we get into this. So Chloe Grace Moretz fought for the role of Terry when she found out it was written for someone aged 24. Mm -hmm. She presented herself so well that Antoine Fuqua immediately made the change. Hmm. Fair enough. I actually thought she was older than that, but she she plays older in the film. So, like, she also uh, she seems she's older. Been, she's been around for a while, I think, is what. I always think of her in Kick-Ass. Yeah, wasn't she rather tiny there? She was very tiny, and she was very foul-mouthed, and I enjoyed her quite a bit. Um, like, this, this role. <laughs> so, I guess that, you know, Kick-Ass was like, well, I've already got the, the, the foul mouth down, you know? Yeah. <laughs> let's get like, let's get horror built in there. Yeah, I'm all um, I'm all set to play the the prostitute. <laughs> um, now the film's test, sorry, the film's test screenings received the highest scores and most positive reactions of any R-rated Sony film. Oh, which seems crazy to me, but not because it's bad. It's just like really, that's the the best. Yeah, um, it's notable, but it's not very potent. <laughs> no, it's it was like a nothing thing. I'm surprised I wrote it. Um, the screenplay was featured in the 2012 Blacklist, which is a list of the quote-unquote most liked unmade scripts of the year. Hmm. Which, like, I would love to get a, a hold of the Blacklist. That sounds pretty amazing. Yeah, first of all, it sounds ominous. And then it's just I know. The These were Blacklisted. Script. Okay. Which just means they're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which means seek them out, apparently. <laughs> so the film languished in development hell for several several years before it finally started production. It was originally developed by the Weinstein brothers. Hey oh, well, it comes up. <laughs> I didn't think we'd be talking about them twice. I guess I forgot I wrote it in here. Um, but it was originally developed by them in 2005. 
So nine wow. years before it came out. Yeah. They brought in novelists Michael Connolly and Terrell Lee to write okay. the first script with Paul McGuigan. McGuigan? McGuigan. I don't know what his name is. It's McGee. I see. It's not. Sorry. What were you going to say? I don't know. It was just funny to hear you struggle. And not because I'm making fun, but because it was fun. McGuigan, McGuigan. I guess maybe I'll just say it like I'm Irish. Freaking McGuigan. Yeah, correct. There you go. That's all per perfect. No, with no progress in 2010, the rights were then sold to Mace Newfield and Escape Office. You've got it morphed into a beetle. I don't know. I, I think I, I was thinking I went to Scottish somehow, but whatever. But, you know, it makes sense because the next line is Paul Haggis was, was, was brought in to write another draft with Russell Crowe to play Robert. Oh, okay. I thought Russell Crowe to write. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know where. Um, so, however, other project commitments resulted in both men dropping out before Denzel Washington saw the script and expressed interest in playing Robert. So basically Denzel was like, okay, I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. Thank you, Den Denzel. I almost called him Danielle. Thank you, Denzel, for your services. So they had Denzel and they were interviewing directors. Like Denzel and the team were interviewing directors. Mm. Um, and Denzel pitched john long for uh no he pitched antoine fugle <laughs> that's amazing he pitched the guy who actually is intended of directing it that's amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not john long and not john long <laughs> you see what i'm trying to come up with a joke for that equal hanger i got nothing <laughs> russian hanger russian mafia uh, hanger i think yeah mafia hanger yeah um <laughs> that's what that's what they use when they're uh underage Prostitutes need abortions. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> a little dark, maybe. Wow, very dark. <laughs> wow. Well done, though. Well oh. done to turn that into a, a real thing. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Denzel Washington's character hunts the Russian mafia, what we were just talking about, in this movie. Mm -hmm. While in Training Day, his character is hunted by the Russian mafia. Oh. And both movies are directed by Antoine Fuqua. Antoine Fuqua. Antoine Fuqua. Fuqua. <laughs> Fuck you, uh. Um, <laughs> that is how it's spelled, is the funny thing. <laughs> this isn't a potent notable for The Equalizer, okay? I actually had some trouble finding potent notables for The Equalizer, as you can tell, because this is going to be my last one. Um, so not that deep on here, but I thought some fun ones, right? Mm-hmm. But it is, it is a potent notable for the series of movies, you know, the franchise. Um, and, and this one is actually specifically for the movie that came out yesterday. Mm -hmm. Italian police seized 120 grams of cocaine from some crew members on the set of the Equalizer mm -hmm. 3. The raid was conducted after the head of the film's catering service suffered a fatal heart attack the previous evening, and officials found small bags of cocaine on his person. Two members of the catering crew were placed under house arrest for the for alleged drug dealing char charges, with an additional crew member losing his driver's license over possession of a small amount of cocaine. So apparently there was some coke going on on the Equalizer 3 set. So my guess is, for those of you who have seen it already, there was some frenetic action. Yeah. 
there was a lot of energy in this film, I think. The editing was just so <laughs> full of life and vibe, viber. I don't know. <laughs> well, sorry for the weak potent notables, everybody, but that's that's what I've got. Hopefully you found something fun in there. But we're moving on to the movie overview. Let's. Movie overview. We got another Mark Twain quote to start a movie. Mm -hmm. The two most important days are when you're born and when you find out why. Which pretty pretty good stuff. It's pretty uh pretty meat pretty deep and meaningful. For a second though, I thought it was going to be um like from what Avon says on the wire, where you only serve two days in prison, the day you get in, the day you get out. Maybe maybe you only serve two days in life. You know, the day you get in, the day you get out. Yeah, that's. Hmm. I think that's almost. Let, let's move on. As uplifting as the uh, <laughs> the abortion, the abortion joke. Um, I'm in a, I'm a great mood today, as you can tell. <laughs> now, did he put chocolate, peanut butter, and blueberries in that blender? I think that's what I saw. I wasn't paying too close attention, though. I was like. I can, you know, the blueberries and the chocolate, I'm like, okay, but peanut butter feels like a weird thing to include with blueberries and chocolate. Peanut butter might be a good thickening agent. I don't know. That's Maybe true. It, it Although I don't think Denzel needs a thickening agent. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, how, how old is Denzel right now? Like, when he made know. the movie, not necessarily right now. Well, let's, let's see. look it up. So 1954, December 28th, 1954. This came out in 2014. So he would have been 59 when it came out. Um, oh, that's younger than I thought, actually. Really? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, would, I thought he was in his 60s. So well, not a lot younger. but Like, I thought he was like 65. So well, He's going to be 70 next year. That's crazy. Yeah. May still making the Equalizer 3. Yeah. Although he said it's the last one. The uh, Equalizer 4 is going to be about him trying to find equal for his coffee because he can't have real sweetener anymore. <laughs> I need the yellow. The, the Equalizer 4, colon, Splenda. Splenda. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, it's it's really interesting. Um, it's actually it's, funny that you would talk about his, you know, not wanting to do sugar because isn't that a thing for, like, this movie? He keeps talking about fucking sugar with everybody. Yeah. With someone's just trying to eat some donuts, and he's like, "You can't be having that salty. The uh, can't be having those salty. What do you call them? What, chips. What do they call them? Chips. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> what are they called? Food. Yes, that's it. Um, yeah. The but the what are they called? Pringles. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was feeling it's kind of uncomfortable how young Chloe is in this, actually. Uh, I, I thought she was. I, I thought she was about twenty five. So I, I'm fine with it. I guess. <laughs> now that I, I know that like she's fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Let's get so now that I know that she's seventeen or younger. You know that is indeed a little strange. But I guess I guess it happens. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really. I don't know that I knew that when I first watched it. But knowing it when I watched it this time, it was like, oh, this feels icky. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I wonder how I'll feel watching Taxi Driver again. We're going to have to. And I know. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that one, to be honest with you. The movie made me uncomfortable about Harvey Keitel for a while after. 
so it's just interesting because there's a lot there's some they're showing what his life is like right mm -hmm. and it's just like a lot of see how mundane it is yeah i was just like okay we get it <laughs> you know like yeah, he goes to work he goes to the 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 what do you call that place the coffee shop understood yeah and nobody knows who he really is and he's working at home depot mm -hmm. i know it's not home depot but it's it's fucking home depot it was home you know i don't remember <laughs> it, was it, was, home depot. it was lowe's depot yeah um, <laughs> i i did enjoy the discussion about the old man in the sea though but that was kind of fun those were some uh some some decent uh some a decent analysis, I should I, I uh, if I may say, I have a yeah, I thought so too. I have, a degree, I have a degree in English, and not that I'm like more whatever than anybody, but that was pretty good. Sometimes in uh in movies, it's like very like I don't know. Sometimes it could be kind they of dumb it down, yeah. Yeah, but that was uh that was fairly cogent. I liked it. Yeah, who would have who'd have thought that uh, Denzel could pull something like that off? You know, <laughs> being cogent. Yeah, screw him. <laughs> so, I, I did find it sort of interesting. So that we're 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 establishing that he's friends with his coworkers, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that he has some sort of paternal relationship with uh, with the security guard guy, the the wannabe security guard, because you know. <laughs> It's hard to it's hard to say that without sounding like an insult at it's, one of these security guards. It, it's kind of a ridiculous plot line. Can we yeah. can we acknowledge that? I mean, I'm just like, who is trying this hard to become a fucking security guard, right? Well, and what what fucking Lowe's Depot is so <laughs> strict that you have to pass these crazy tests to become a security guard? You know, yeah, I, feel, I feel like most of the time, if you're like, oh, I'm, can I be a security guard? They're like, all right, here you go. Yeah, exactly. We needed someone to do that. So, yes, We're, we'll pay you five dollars an hour to do that. Yeah. There you go. Here's a big flashlight. Also, <laughs> I've never seen a security guard at any Home Depot. Yeah, me neither. Actually, that's that's what kind of got me is that. <laughs> <laughs> Does, do they have their own security like division? I don't know. The Home Depot's, <laughs> you know, police force. I'm so confused. Yeah. So I, you know, we're, we're so we're establishing the two big relationships in the film, right? Mm -hmm. The one with the underage prostitute and the one with the fat security guard. No offense to that uh to that actor by the way. I'm not saying fat is bad. I'm just saying they made a point to, to call you out as being kind of fat in the movie. I think Denzel's character in this movie could use more friends, you know? Yeah, I also, yeah. I, <laughs> it's, it's, my only friends are an underage prostitute and a co-worker from Lowe's. Yeah. Well, I, you One know, be friends with the, yeah, exactly. Be friends with a co-worker, that's fine, man. But, like, it's weird that it's not just a friendship, that it's very much yeah. like a, he's beneath you, you know? Mm. You have to bring him up. Yeah. Um, I did like it did establish that the guy asked. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Or I don't know if he asked, but agreed to do it. It, it did seem like he sought the advice, right? Yeah, yeah uh, that's at least the impression I got. But it's it still was very like nobody knows this guy, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I, like, and this is I'm not saying anything bad to De I don't wouldn't look at Denzel and be like, now that's a guy who knows how to get into shape. 
Mm-hmm. Well, you know, because he's sixty or whatever in this movie, right? Exactly, and I'm and and again, I'm not like bashing him for that. Like he's obviously, I mean, whatever. But I like if I was like, all right, I need to get into shape, I wouldn't go. Hmm, let's see, fifty nine year old like guy that doesn't look like he's done a push up in about twenty years, um, or like you know, uh, find a friend that uh, that looks like they're in shape. I don't know. 60 year old guy or literally anyone else. Right. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know. Find it under Maybe she can help. There you go. There you go. Hey Chloe, come here. Although be very careful of how you go about searching for this underage prostitute for just fitness purposes. (laughs) Just hey, I'm trying to lose some weight. Any way you could maybe just get a couple ounces out of me. Um (laughs) I got a couple that I could put in you. I'm trying, oh, to, man. I'm trying to fitness underage prostitutes. What I'm trying to <laughs> wow. Um, so we, we don't even we don't even need to publish this episode. Where I go from watch lists just from <laughs> just from Google listening in. Like, oh, better better alert, Zuck. Denzel is a mentor to several of these people. It seems. Yeah, he, he's clearly like. They've positioned his character as being very fatherly to mm-hmm. people, right? Um, I did enjoy though the little interaction with Chloe, where she's like, "I think you're you're not a Bob, you're a Robert." Robert reads books like this. Bob watches TV. I get what she means too. Yeah, me too. I and I enjoyed it, and I I did think it was kind of funny. And they do this a lot in movies where they're like. <laughs> They're like idiots watch TV and movies. Yeah. Smart yeah. people read books. It's like what? What do you think I'm doing right now, guy? Yeah, it's like I'm I'm literally being entertained by this same medium you're making fun of. Yeah. Um, and also all the bobs in the audience, like, hey, fuck you. Yeah. He, now we get to the point where he's like, he's like worried about her. He's looking for her in the restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. So this is the part where, um. The guy says, a whore who fucked and can't talk might be worth twice as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice guy. Oh, yeah. It really, it, you know, it He's really made me uh, empathize with him. Real peach. Yeah. <laughs> I did think, so we're 26 minutes in at this point. Mm-hmm. No action. Yeah. Yeah. So like, There wasn't even a beginning action to be like, hey, it's an action movie. <laughs> or like, hey, there's this guy. He's this special skill set. Nope. Nope, we're just we're just here's here's some plot for you, which I, I'm fine with. I'm not complaining. Just oh, thought yeah. it was interesting. It did feel like it was about to come though. Mm-hmm. The, the well, that's that's you, you get you're working the business long enough you can tell when it's about to come. <laughs> oh boy. Chloe Grace from Rest will get there someday. It's not quite yet. <laughs> um it does seem like crime pays pretty well, by the way. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> they make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, movies and TV sometimes, with the way they depict how well criminals do, I'm just like, well, fuck. <laughs> I know. It's like, well, what the hell am I doing? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Not going to jail is the only thing I'm doing, but I'm a little worried I might get framed anyway. <laughs> um I, I enjoy that they kept calling him grandpa, by the way. That's what they were calling mm-hmm. him in Russian. I don't know if it said that in the subtitles or not, but um, I was I like, like it it's just a weird, like, you're just going to keep calling him grandpa. 
<laughs> you know, at some point when, yeah, but at some point when somebody's looking at you with no fear and you're a criminal, mm -hmm. like, doesn't there, isn't there like an inner dialogue you're having where you're like, this guy might have more uh, than meets the eye, you know? Yeah, yeah. He 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 had a a very stone cold kind of demeanor that would I don't know. Yeah, if you're not an idiot, you might think twice about. But these guys are so cocksure, you know. They don't, yeah. they don't see it coming. Well, that's you know that's what they portray in this scene, and wow, what a mm -hmm. scene! Yeah, it's uh, I was a little. It's funny because I was a little skeptical at this point because I was like, you know, this feels like it's going to be one of those cool scenes where like he takes all the guys out way cool and it's going to be, you know, he does it fast and he's all awesome about it. And I was like a little skeptical. Right. Um, not because of Denzel or anything, just you see that kind of thing a lot nowadays. I was, yeah. I mean, you already get, wait, which came out first, this or John Wick? Because I mean, this movie has serious John Wick vibes. Uh, I think this one came out before John Wick. So this movie has serious John Wick vibes, and it came out first. And they're like, you know, we did it first. <laughs> we well, I'm going to check. I'm going to check to make sure. I think it might have actually been the same year. It's 2014. Yeah, it was. Same year. <laughs> so, Oh, and, and actually, if this movie was in you know development hell for that long, maybe... But anyway, point is, is that you see you see that a lot these days, even like, you know, like a Born Identity kind of movie or something, you know? Yeah. Where it's like, you, you know, oh, you, you can see it in his eyes. He's going to be way cool in a second. And uh, and then when he actually did it all, it was really cool. I, it, I wasn't was, sure it was going to be. but I know. I wrote, God damn, Denzel's a badass. Yep. He's very, he, 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 the way he carried himself and the way he did everything was very satisfying to watch. And uh, I, speaking of watches, I loved... The recurring theme of him timing everything, I guess, yeah. probably because of his OCD. The OCD, exactly. And and then at the end of this one, is this the one where he's not disappointed necessarily, but is like noting that the time difference and what he thought it was going to be and what it ended up being? Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's like, huh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, so this was a very graphic like scene too. I mean. Mm -hmm. We see the corkscrew go through the guy's mouth. Yeah, <laughs> that was <laughs> was pretty gross. Pretty pretty visceral. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I I don't know. It was I don't like gross stuff, but I don't know. It kind of worked for me in a way because it did. It worked for me too. There was like, it was violent and kind of gory, but it was like in a way that was I don't know. It felt real. Mm -hmm. And the way the movie as we mentioned, didn't have any action for like the first 20 minutes or whatever. And then bam, this. Mm -hmm. The fact that it was so visceral almost kind of worked because it was like, wow, now we're in it or something. So Yeah, it did feel like this was a scene that was like, okay, buckle up. This is mm -hmm. what you're in for here. Um, he's just, he, was, he was one cold motherfucker. And then he mm -hmm. goes up to him and he's just like all over $9,800. Mm-hmm. Should have taken the money. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> it was a very cool thing to say. I loved it because I I mean I'm sitting there thinking I, I would go over and rub it in this guy's face. Like <laughs> you suck. But <laughs> that was a cooler way to do it, just still being kind of emotionless and not emotionless, but um collected and calm and go over yeah. and like you fucked up, dude. 
I did enjoy that. Like, what was he? He had like a bruise or something on his hand, or mm-hmm. or he, I can't remember. He got hurt in some way. Yeah, and then somebody asked him about it, and he said, "Hit it on something stupid," <laughs> which I thought was a really funny line. Mm-hmm. I also like the idea of doing that, killing these. I guess they're pimps, and then just going to work at Lowe's Depot again the next day. Yeah, <laughs> no work. Everything's exactly. normal. And you know. We see like kind of a bunch of underage prostitutes in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Does Boston have like an issue with underage prostitution that we didn't know about? I don't know. I also didn't know that the uh, Russian mafia was a presence in Boston. So, no, me either. Um, yeah, that's another funny thing. The funny compare, the funny uh, coincidence between this and John Wick is that the Russian mafia is the main bad guy, and I feel like they have become the boogeyman in these movies. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know why exactly, except for that they're, I guess, scary. But poor poor Italian mafia, how far they've fallen. Well, you know what? I think Italian mafia is cool, is the problem. Mm-hmm. And Russian mafia is scary. That's and true. then I- Irish mafia is just not believable. <laughs> <laughs> they're just the weird lackey who gets you know killed. Yeah. Well, me, and my, me and my Irish mafia. Oh, we're dead. <laughs> David Harbour of all people killed us. Yeah, I was not. I was like, David Harbour's in this. Mm-hmm, same. I, <laughs> but I, this is when I'm like, oh, I guess we're meeting our real villain now. When we mm-hmm. meet the uh, the Russian guy yeah. there, who is just weird. Um, and Denzel's going around like helping people still, right? He's just mm-hmm. being I'm like, so his life is just being nice to random people. That's what he does for like mm-hmm. a living, basically, when he's not not working at Lowe's Depot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but whatever. Uh we get into a pretty gruesome fight scene again mm-hmm. where the Russian guy is like goes kind of crazy mm-hmm. on the Irish guys, right? I'm still a little torn on how effective that scene was um, because I did not care for this villain when I first saw him. Well, when I first you start to get to know him, I guess. Not that you ever get to know him. Who really ever gets to know weird Russian ex-KGB hitmen? Yeah. He also kind of looked like Kevin Spacey to me. He did look a little bit like Kevin Spacey. I am glad that I'm not the only one. I was sitting there thinking during the thing, you know, this is like a more evil Kevin Spacey. That's already pretty evil. So, <laughs> at least to our knowledge, Kevin Spacey is not a murderer. That's the one thing he's got going for him. Yeah, he's like, at least I got that. But and uh, he's got an Oscar and an Oscar, possibly a Tony. I don't know. Maybe who knows? Um, <laughs> he also does really good impressions. I don't know if it's true. That about him. Well, well done, Kevin Spacey. Should do an impression of a decent human being next. His most, <laughs> his most difficult performance to date. <laughs> uh, um, playing a crazy alien in K-Pax is nothing compared to this. So, <laughs> so he, uh, the the crazy Russian guy, right? We, he takes mm-hmm. off his shirt, you know, because now we've got to see his tattoos, which are supposed to make him scary, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought the tattoos looked really out of place on him. They did. I thought they looked stupid, and um, we like focused a lot on that one devilish one. Like it was like so. Yeah. Do you know what it disturbing. said at the top? Because no. it was Cyrillic, right? Smith, mm-hmm. which means death. 
Oh, <laughs> like creative guys, you know, very edgy. Yeah, <laughs> this is like a 13 year old goth kid. Yeah, and I'm just like, what? Plus, like, they 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 portrayed him as kind of clean cut, mm -hmm. so it felt like it was a weird just juxtaposition to have him take his shirt off and be full of tattoos. Well, like, are the, are the Russian mafia you know um, who knows? I mean, I don't fucking know what the Russian mafia are known for. But uh, I thought you knew all of this stuff. <laughs> but I, but I just mean like I think he was scarier as a button-down guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he's like a corporate sociopath kind of kind of type. Right. Exactly. So I was like, oh, it didn't really. I didn't really understand why they would do that part. But well, I will say that I read, I think, somewhere that when Viggo Mortensen did. Eastern Promises, the movie where he's a Russian mafia enforcer man. Yep, and he had the naked fight scene. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that, but okay. Put that on the list. Oh, you, didn't, you didn't know about that? Oh, yeah. Dick I love every around. naked fight scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he did that movie, I guess, um, he had Russian mafia tattoos, I guess. I don't know. And yes. uh, uh, he, it was convincing enough that, like, I don't know if they were filming in, like, Brighton Beach or someplace that was had a large Russian population and people were like avoiding him like the plague because they thought he was a real oh really real, real deal. I don't know if that means that they're known for their tattoos or what or if just Vigo Mortensen can be scary effectively. And uh or maybe it's like they're trying to make us think of the the Yakuza who have like they take you know they look buttoned down and then they take off their shirts and they're just covered in tattoos of this kind and that kind. Yeah, well, whatever. It's, it didn't do anything for me. Is basically what it, what it boils down to. Maybe it, maybe it is more accurate to have had him had a bunch of tattoos, but like, I guess it's just to say that some people can't pull off tattoos. Mm -hmm. And you can't pull them off because they're permanent. Yeah. <laughs> so at this point, we're seeing the uh, like this is like the 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 security guard guy. Isn't that where he quits because he's got to help his mom rebuild her shop because the corrupt cops fucked it up, right? Mm -hmm. Is that this point of the movie? Yes, I think so. Because, you know, somehow Denzel gets a video of the cops doing it. Yeah. I guess. Or or I think they show the security camera, right? So he's like, ah, he clocked it. And he's like, okay, I'm going to get that security footage. Mm -hmm. um, but I did love. So I that part, th this whole, like, area of the plot i'm like this is fucking stupid but it led to him fucking up these cops and i mm -hmm. loved it yeah that was that was good yeah so i always enjoy cops getting fucked up corrupt cops yeah corrupt. <laughs> no all cops <laughs> i don't remember who she was looking at but the, the hispanic guy's mom you know the security guard guy's mom yeah she looks at whoever the guy it was either him, the security guard guy, or Denzel, and the my savior look in her eyes was like it was it was like I've never seen such facial overacting. <laughs> it's like, my goodness. <laughs> she was very thankful. Yeah. Thank you, Denzel. So now we can we cut back and he's, you know, this uh you know, Chloe's in the hospital, right? And um, and now the the evil Russian guy is questioning Chloe's friend here. Mm -hmm. um, in a very creepy scene. Very creepy. I, he's so creepy. And, like, 
it wasn't creepy and like, oh, he's violent. It was like, uh -huh. is he gonna fuck her corpse? Yeah, that's you're absolutely right. That's the level of weird it was, and it's just okay. I'm uncomfortable watching this scene. Yeah, yeah, and, and not I, because of the violence so much as the weird undertones and. Ooh. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was, I was like. I mean, if they showed necrophilia here, I would be like, man, okay, like I could see that with this guy. <laughs> yeah, that, um, that makes sense for him. But then we cut back to the security guard again because apparently we want to spend a ton of time with this guy. Um, <laughs> what you don't? He's a nice guy. Well, because now now he's a security guard, right? He finally made it, and he's like, "Thanks, Denzel, you did it for me. I didn't this... get it myself. It was all you." <laughs> and uh, this is done at the softball game that the employees like the entry-level floor employees of Lowe's Depot are playing in and I don't know that that happens have you ever worked no, at a retail store no, no. They, they show this kind of shit in the movies and TV all the time like everybody has a fucking softball league yeah <laughs> if everybody had a softball league I'd be playing fucking softball man because <laughs> I would love to be able to do something active like that the only time I've ever been like active is that some somebody I worked next to uh, when I was working at Time Warner Cable was like, "Hey, you want to go play tennis?" And I was like, "Okay." And then he's like, "Yeah, we got some friends and we do it." And it turned out there was like two other people, and one was his dad. <laughs> he's just trying to get a date with you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so it's just us. Yep, and, I, and I'm not ripping that guy. Actually, you know, he, he's I, I I enjoy him. We ended up getting kind of more people into it and stuff. But it, it was fun. I really enjoy. It. I wish I was still doing it. The uh, the pandemic kind of killed it on us. Mm, that's the case for many things. I just but don't yeah. want to listen to this episode and think that I'm bashing him because I'm not. I'm just saying, like he's he's over there. Like, hey, aren't a thing. My dad is nice. But anyway, point is is that you don't like be you're not like the guy who works the cashier job at Lowe's Depot and you're not on this if they have a softball team you're not on it no <laughs> I worked at a retail coffee shop for many 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 years and if we, they, we did not have a softball team and I would have enjoyed having one as me said. too we would have been really bad but I would have enjoyed it so yeah we're gonna follow the security guard around because now we have to see that he's failed you know, he has to feel like a failure on his like first fucking day. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how randomly that's how <laughs> because randomly this woman's gonna get robbed. Yeah, because you know Lowe's Depot gets robbed at gunpoint all the fucking time. Yeah, that was another that was another point where it was like, really, does this happen much? <laughs> Maybe I just don't notice it. But does it? First of all, I don't think it happens much. But also, like, this is one one thing that. I don't like is kind of a trope with action movies where like just bad shit just always happens around this guy, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's like, a good give me a fucking a, break. That's a good point. Like he, he gets into all these situations where he can enter where he can like use his skills and it's like you know, like and, and this is this situation he even like came over on purpose almost. Is yeah. like, there a robbery happening over there? I'm gonna go insert myself. Well How lucky for me. Yeah, you know it, this is the this is actually what annoys this is what annoyed me about it. So I enjoyed the him fucking up the corrupt cops and everything, but him befriending a, a, an underage prostitute mm -hmm. that leading to trouble feels like a natural progression, right? Mm -hmm. But like the 
hefty security guard, like his mom having a shop that gets like fucked up by the cops and he has mm-hmm. to help. And then somebody randomly robbing the story works at the next fucking day. Mm-hmm. seems a bit much. It, it, it does indeed. seems like a little bit of sloppy storytelling, if I'm being honest. We shall. We'll get there. <laughs> um, but anyway, I mean, the kid part of me, though, goes like, ooh, he's going to fuck you up. You mm-hmm. know, like, so there's that, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I get that. It's all, it also felt very episodic to me. Like, there were all these little moments from his life, like, that yeah. aren't necessarily connected. Yeah, it felt like we were watching the show, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and especially anyway. because, you know, the the main impetus behind the plot is the whole underage prostitute thing, because that's why he goes and kills the, the Russian mafia guys, and that's why creepy Kevin Spacey, well, I'm sorry, creepier Kevin Spacey is, is after him. Um, but, like, and then Chloe Grace, Mer- Gr- Grace, okay, Chloe Grace Moretz just disappears for the She's most gone. of the rest of the movie. For the re- yeah. So there's like no continuity there. It's just like, oh, no more her. It's like, okay, yeah. it's just the adventures like of him doing her. those things. Yeah, exactly. They mention her like a couple more times. Like, whatever mm-hmm. happened to her? No, who knows? It's whatever just, happened there? Died on the vine. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, so he so he goes after these guys, and did he like kill them with a sledgehammer? Because yeah. there was blood on the sledgehammer. <laughs> there's she blood. cleans off and puts back on the shelf, and then he hands back her fucking ring. You know, I'm like, what are we showing you? So, what was the point of this whole scene? Because, like, the idea is like you're showing, oh, he's he's a badass, right? He's yeah. gonna fuck these people up, right? But we don't even get to see it happen. Badassery, I think, is the point of the scene. And yeah, but um, I want to see it. This is why I always um, wash new clothing that I get from the store because you never know what was going on in stores. <laughs> um, somebody might have beat someone to death with your sledgehammer, and someone who knows. So. <laughs> Excuse me, this sledgehammer has blood on it. Can I return it? I swear, I some guy killed somebody on it. You know, killed somebody mm-hmm. with it, and, uh, and they're just sitting there waiting for somebody to buy it, and mm-hmm. then they call the cops. Like, exactly. you should check this guy out. It's a good guy's sledgehammer with blood on it. Well, yeah, I assume that they are trying to portray that Robert is careful about these things. But imagine buying a sledgehammer, and it, it turns out it was used in a murder, and you're like, I just bought a sledgehammer. Plus, did he like? Was I, did he need to murder these guys? Sledgehammer might be a bit excessive. I don't know. Maybe he's like getting carried away at this point. You know, he's back in the life of murdering and killing, and he's like, "Ooh, I'm kind of getting kind of excited." <laughs> Although, I, it's, it's interesting you say that because I do think that that I, I do think that they were trying to get that across. You know, that like mm-hmm. he's enjoying getting back into it, but I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah, they didn't was really lean into that as much as they could. No, they didn't. That was it. But then we have uh, a fun interaction between Denzel and creepy Russian Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, is this where he goes to his house? Yeah. Or his apartment? Yeah. At this point, you know, I was like, I, I felt like there was kind of a play. I was like, really? Why didn't they just fucking kill him? You know? Mm-hmm. But then I was actually, when they said... We want to know who he's who he's working for. I was actually okay with it, and normally I'm not okay with that kind of stuff because it just feels like it's a plot device. Mm-hmm. But I can understand why they would be thinking that this guy is going like they wouldn't know that he's going after them as just like an independent guy. 
mm-hmm. you know? So I was they're okay. Kind of, with they're it. kind of trying to see if they have a bigger problem with some right. other organization or something. Exactly. So like, we're not just going to kill them. We want to find out. We want we want to get him and find t- have him tell us who's asking you to do this, who's paying you to do this, right? So, mm-hmm. and there were a couple of very neat little moments in this scene. I actually enjoyed it. Um, the dialogue was good, and like the way that they had because Robert obviously knows something is weird immediately, but like I like the way he knows better than to lie about several things. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, when he's like. They know that I was there, otherwise they wouldn't be here. So I'm going to admit to being there. I'm not gonna say I wasn't there. <laughs> I can make up a reason that I was there that wasn't true because they don't know that. But um, and like when I assume it's very difficult to hide like recognition when you see a picture of someone you know. So he yeah. doesn't claim to not know the the picture of the prostitute that he shows him. He says, I think I do know her, but I'm not sure where from. Like, that's very skillful, like, manipulation and, and like, handling the situation very well. Yeah. I that. Yeah, no, I, I, I felt like, as far as his character is concerned, I felt like it was very sort of well done throughout, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely enjoyed his character. Um it is interesting to me, though, that they sent one guy after him, mm-hmm. knowing that he took out a room with five guys by himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually a good point. <laughs> like um, they saw what they, what he did there, just this one guy who took care of. I assume that those are high level guys. So there are at so, least it's still five other men, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like, so who do we send after him? This one creepy Kevin Spacey Russian guy. And uh, a bunch of Boston cops, corrupt Boston cops. <laughs> <laughs> and well, but I mean, like, didn't they? They like sent people up. So after this, like, little tete a tete, they had this little face to face. Shortly after that, they send, you know, like a some big guy to go after him. Oh right, right? the guy in the, I think in the diner. Yeah, that's right. It's the diner. Yeah. So they send they send a big guy in. You know, and he's he's like, I'm just like, but. Right. Why, why did you think that was going to work? <laughs> so then he, he's like, he's setting a trap, I guess, by boiling honey after that. Mm-hmm. Is that a yeah. thing? Uh, well, actually, here's what he does. Um, I thought it was going to be he's boiling the honey and then he's going to throw it on them or whatever. Because I've heard of people making like uh, syrup mixtures with sugar water and boiling it and that like you can't wash it off. It's just continuously burning you. So that's what I thought he was going for. But he uses it to like cover to uh, close up a wound. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot. Which also was like kind of a disturbing thing because he got I, shot, right? Yeah, because he got shot. And um, that's right. I was surprised he got shot. Actually, yeah, he uh, actually gets tagged a couple of times in this movie. That's always he does, which feels surprising. Yeah. Maybe, maybe realistically, you're really not going to avoid every single hit. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I the honey thing, I meant to look up actually because well, I, this is a great podcast. I meant to look it up. I don't know though. <laughs> but uh, I uh, I wouldn't be surprised if honey has antibacterial properties in some sense, some way. If it's or if it's somehow sure. at least clean that would enough. Make sense. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe at the very least, I enjoyed every so often we see him. Doing things like in a kind of a MacGyvery kind of way, 
that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, what the hell is he going to do with this? I guess what it ends up being honey. And I'm thinking, does honey even boil? I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I I remember actually now like thinking like he's boiling honey. I thought he was going to throw it on somebody. And, mm -hmm. But, you know, of course, they're using that same stupid trope that they do in so many of these movies where like okay they're gonna they're they're almost about to break into his into his uh apartment right mm -hmm. and he's still sitting there he's in the bathroom he doesn't know they're there oh my gosh they're gonna break in he's in the bathroom oh my gosh they go oh he's he's in a different place <laughs> yeah i always find it fairly effective though i can see why they do it really i find yeah. i'm mean, like it's... immediately i was like okay so he's in a different spot i got it this is horrible I just, I don't know. I mean, maybe if he was, like, not already, like, kind of fucked up, I would believe he was there. Because, yeah. like, oh, okay, we're, we're up for a fight scene here again. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, you know, he's clearly not ready for a fight, so this isn't going to happen. Um, so now, now we get to go on another episodic adventure as he travels to rich white people land. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> he's just suddenly in Virginia or someplace. I, yeah. <laughs> okay yeah like apparently she was something in the cia you know I, I enjoyed this part because i was i was like oh so he's got his old contact or his old mentor friend whatever and then it ended up being the woman i was like that's actually a little bit different i enjoyed that well done yeah the equal you know why they're the equal opportunity because the equalizer yeah <laughs> never mind <laughs> I, you know, the thing is, like, so I, I enjoyed the joke, but what I was thinking about in the moment was like how kind of annoying this whole scene was. I, didn't I guess maybe, it. really? I was yeah. just like, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> I like, I can see how it's a little, what is Bill Pullman doing here? I, the Bill Pullman was a little surprising because I didn't expect him, I didn't expect to see him at all. And then I certainly didn't expect to see him in an extremely minor role. <laughs> yeah he mostly I, plays with the dog i think yeah i mean i thought he was gonna come in at one point and be like today we celebrate our independence <laughs> yeah <today." laughs> that's the funny thing is that she used to work for the state department he used to be president and then we find out like the big bad guy of it all is vladimir pushkin which is <laughs> like the most russian name ever <laughs> you'd think that they could have come up with something better but i will say well actually um Kind of confused me a little bit because if what's his face is reading all this literature, uh, he should know that Pushkin was a Russian author. Or, yeah, or exactly, that's what I was thinking. Not that he should know that, like it's important to the plot, but it's he the, probably would know that. Yeah, yeah, he would probably be like Pushkin, huh? Yeah. Uh, or maybe not. Who knows? I guess maybe <laughs> yeah, it's just... a common enough last name, but but. Um, so then they show a picture of of like the bad guy for the film, you know, that's not like the ultimate bad guy, but the, the creepy Kevin Spacey guy, mm -hmm. right? So like, this is who he is, and he, he like they show up. What was what was that picture? It was like a glamour shot with war in the background. <laughs> it looked it was, cracked me up while I was watching it. He's a, he's he's a male model, and that's his <laughs> that's his headshot. I'm like, yeah, I was going to say, do you think this was his audition headshot? And they were like, let's just use that. Nobody's going to yeah. fucking notice. Well, he, just, he's always just auditioning. Just put some for those... stuff blowing up in the background. 
Well, I think he was in some kind of uniform, maybe a beret, but maybe that was just really fashionable. It was like in that season. I don't know. That <laughs> <laughs> was very silly. Um, but yeah, the talk with the white lady was just borderline unbearable, in my opinion. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, let's I get think, the fuck on with this. I think there's a chance I like this movie more than you. This is way interesting. We'll see, I guess. <laughs> and uh, so I wasn't expecting, I guess I wasn't expecting him to go after David Harbour next, mm-hmm. you know? But we're like following David Harbour around. And he's clearly like freaked out that the Russians, you know, that Kevin Spacey's going to come kill him. Yeah. And, aren't, um, aren't we all? <laughs> kind of constantly in the back of my mind. Yeah, and I was thinking, well, David Harbour's fucked in this scene, I bet, you know. If Kevin Spacey's going to be in the back of something, I'm glad it's my mind, but. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll stop with that. I'm sorry. I, no, no, keep going. That's good. I I was I was trying to think of one to 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 like one up you and I was like, I better not. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's, let's not one up on that, but <laughs> Uh, well, because I was going to say, you know, the back of, you were talking about the back. I mean, he's usually reaching down the front was what I was yeah. thinking about. Yeah, kind of similar uh, similar place. <laughs> we both ended up in the same place, even if we took different routes. I will say I was expecting it to be the Russian guy, though. Yeah, I did. I was too, actually. But um, I also don't believe that David Harbour couldn't break that window with one hand. Yeah, same. I was like, okay, but he could just break that. Um, I kept wondering why he wasn't trying harder, if nothing else. He was like, uh, well, I, maybe the carbon dioxide makes you weak or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But um, so, you know, he's like, okay, carbon dioxide scary. So I'm going to take you to the take you to the, the place with wheelbarrows full of cash where the people are just sitting on pile of, of pallets of cash. Mm-hmm. And, you know. I'm just like, what the what what am I doing with my life? You know, like <laughs> I could carry a gun, you know, like just... go see if the mafia needs enforcers. You might be in luck. They might be hiring. Maybe they have like a job fair. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> they have a job fair. <laughs> um, well, you know, maybe one of them will listen to this episode and be like, Is it true? Pravda? <laughs> you really want to work for us? And I'll say, No, I don't. Please, please leave me alone. Yeah, never and come back. They'll either. shoot me. Yeah, no, actually, they won't shoot me. They'll send creepy Kevin Spacey to uh, to come over and choke me to death, and then I'll mm-hmm. worry that uh, I was defiled afterwards. Yeah, and like stroke you weirdly lovingly while he does so. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's keep going here. Um, so <laughs> moving right along, <laughs> the dude's sitting on a pile of cash. Yeah, uh, I like that. Uh, I like that what he ends up doing is just giving all the women that were working there just a ton of money as they yeah. like, I was like ten thousand for you. Here's ten thousand for you. That was nice and all, but I was a little worried. What if like that gets you know again, what if that money was used it was a uh, you know uh, I don't know how they mark bills, but what if it oh, was like that or yeah, something I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I feel like these women or like if the mafia wants to know where their money went, they're like, Oh fuck, he gave it to all these goddamn workers let's go get it back and i don't know i assume that he accounted for that and i'm just being weird so i wrote this and i'm not sure what i meant maybe you can help me here i said what is this andre part of the movie who is andre i'm trying to think oh andre is the the drug dealer guy 
or another drug dealer. I'm sorry. He's he's the uh, guy who runs this whole operation. Right. Okay. I don't know. That's what, what I thought. You, I don't know what you mean by part of the movie with him, but uh, I guess I was just saying, like, what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, yeah, why? because because those those detectives show up and they're like talking about they're like explaining what the character we just saw do all that did. Yeah. That was a little strange. It was weird. And I'm like, what was weird to me too is that like I, I don't really understand why we why David Harbour knew to take him there mm -hmm. and why that mattered to Denzel, to Robert McCall. Mm -hmm. I, I mean I guess it was to get more information on uh Pushkin, I suppose, but I seem to remember it as getting their attention and everything because later when he's talking to um kevin spacey he's saying um i can keep going you know i can take down every operation you have or you guys can stop now that's true yeah okay so he's basically just going through and and dismantling their operation mm -hmm. um he's like a real world batman basically mm -hmm. well it's actually funny you say that because um uh, you know what we'll talk about it during uh like action scenes and everything okay so nikolai is this the scene where where he shows up at the, the 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 place where nikolai or whatever is having dinner and they have a conversation yes yes and and then so they're you know i don't remember what nikolai says but denzel goes for you i'm gonna make an exception mm -hmm. which is like sort of like a common type of like badass line mm -hmm. but i still fucking i dug it i was like that's that's cool no I, yeah actually yeah um i did too uh it was it was a fun scene he he describes he tells us nikolai's entire like tragic childhood story as though it's right. about a third person so that was fun and he he gives us a little bit of his own backstory with um, I promised somebody I wouldn't be a bad person anymore, but for you, I'll make an exception. And yeah. You have to sort of infer that's the wife that, who's no longer with him. Right. Or, you know, whatever. With us, I guess, because I think she's dead. <laughs> right. She uh, is. Yeah, so there was, there was a lot of good stuff in that scene. And I don't know if you remember how that scene started, but Nikolai, as we'll call him now instead of creepy Russian Kevin Spacey, is first he's sitting there at the table with some other fucking Russian goon or something who's wearing these like funky sunglasses and then the Russian goon is like I'll get him don't worry blah 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 and then like 10 seconds later Robert sits down at the, thing yeah. with the bloody broken sunglasses he won't be coming back yeah yeah that's right very cool very very cool yeah I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that back in because that was there there's a lot of badass moments in this and mm -hmm. I'm like man Denzel really like kicks some ass in this movie. Mm -hmm. I usually think he's a bit of a Streisand, but I really kicked ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought about doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, but I don't think I've ever thought of Denzel as a Streisand. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really do action movies so much. I mean, Training Day a little bit, I guess. But well, and Man of Fire and yeah. Inside Man, kind of. And but well, yeah, he, he doesn't really get into the Deja Vu, right? That was kind of an action movie. But he does. You're right. He doesn't get into like the typical action. This is very like sort of typical action movie that you don't see him in yeah which is why it's so interesting that he was like yeah i'll do sequels for this mm -hmm. 
Um, <laughs> at this point, I'm I'm asking about Alina again. By the way, Chloe, because okay. mm -hmm. I'm like, <laughs> what what happened to her? Yeah, she's still going. <laughs> I, I think at one point, so the the other the other woman said she left town, but uh, you know, I <laughs> oh well, yeah. <laughs> Who cares about her? She's only but, the entire reason for the plot, but okay. <laughs> and then we get now we get an epic. Soon after this, we get an epic walk away from an explosion scene, right? Yes, kind of out of nowhere, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how did they have the GPS tracker thing? You know, I don't know. I mean, for the phone? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, they locked onto the signal. I don't know. <laughs> so I, I think part of the issue I had with a lot of this, because they're building up these relationships, right? That he wants to protect people mm -hmm. from, but spending time with this character, I don't think that this character would let, would want to let anyone get hurt that he views as innocent. So I don't know that I need to have all this relationship that he, that, that we show with like the security guard and stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm okay with it with, with Chloe. You know, because that is what leads us into everything. But the rest of it just felt very like, I just, I don't give a shit about, I don't give a shit about the fucking security guard, man. I just don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you hate the security guard. I I don't hate him, but I definitely don't think he's was worth my time. No, admit it. You, you hate him. Okay, I hate him. <laughs> Told you. Wouldn't, wouldn't the hostages just call the police immediately? Uh, you'd think so. Is there scared? I don't know. I, well, I mean, so he he's getting them out, you know, and but he's like telling them, you know, don't just I'll take care of this, you mm -hmm. know. And I'd be like, okay, fucking Bob, you know, <laughs> what exactly is your job here? Because like I don't know that I believe that you're gonna take care of this, so I'm gonna call the police. <laughs> They have a lot of faith in him for not having any idea that he's, you know, a trained killer man. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jenny, by the way, looked very silly leaving. I don't know if you remember the, how she left the building, but it was very, no. it was very goofy looking. So we, you know, this is like our whole kind of, kind of sort of final showdown. It's, mm -hmm. you know, so I know we get to a Pushkin showdown too, but it's not really a showdown, right? Mm -hmm. Um. But he's like killing these people, just just picking them off, right? And uh, that first one he does, he just watches them die. Mm -hmm. Like Jesus, that's kind of intense. Yeah, he's just looking at him, just those that cold stare, just like uh, you're gonna die. He's just looking at him, and he's like waiting for him to die. He's like, okay, now you're dead. <laughs> okay, time to move on. Um, but we have some pretty gruesome kill scenes here. This part in particular, they yeah. really went like, oh my goodness. A drill to the head? Drill to the head, uh um weird gardening tool, I think, or something to the through the <laughs> through the throat, not at the throat, but like through it completely. And then I, I was wondering like why why was he saving Nikolai for last? Like if I'm him, I'm just okay, I'm gonna kill this motherfucker first. That's what I would do, but it's not cinematic that way. That's true. And he McCall kind of really gets his ass kicked um, during this thing too. Yeah, he gets shot again, um, and then the one guy when he's in the 
the bathroom vanity section, he uh, gets into like a big fist fight and he's like smashing him everywhere. It's he's uh, yeah, he's kind of he's kind of getting uh, getting the worst of this. Yeah, I mean, he still he still ends up being the ultimate badass, of course. But yeah, he's you know, I'm like, wow, they're showing some vulnerability here. Mm -hmm. Not that they haven't shown it before, but he's been very kind of untouchable up to this mm -hmm. point. Um, and of course, Ralphie's over there making too much noise. Uh, <laughs> we get a cool bomb, right? Uh huh. And then we see the first time he uses a gun, mm -hmm. the nail gun. A nail gun, not a real gun. Well, not a <laughs> not a bullet gun, but a nail gun. <laughs> um, and I don't know. It might be the coolest nail gun usage ever committed to film because. I did not know that you reloaded nail guns quite like that, and it was pretty neat. <laughs> not gonna lie, it was you. pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I did think it was interesting. It felt like the close-ups and slow-mos felt very Michael Bay. Yeah, somewhat. Um, it was Michael great. Bay would have done it better. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till we get to the first Michael Bay movie, so the so the audience at home can learn my feelings about Michael Bay. Now this is done. The final, the final showdowns. Is done. He saves everybody, right? Mm -hmm. um, Ralphie was unnecessary as usual, and um, <laughs> <laughs> poor Ralphie just sitting at home. <laughs> oh, she didn't hate me. So then he goes to Moscow. Yeah, just on a not on a whim exactly, but uh, it's just gonna. He's gonna. It's gonna kill himself on oligarch West. We all should. <laughs> and it was like it was nothing. He was just like, yeah. I'm gonna go in here, kill this guy, and then leave. Yep. <laughs> no big deal. But I, what I enjoyed about it is or what I thought was interesting, right? Is he goes to Moscow, so he's on home turf for this guy, right? Goes through his whole house of thugs, uh -huh. right? Kills him like it's nothing. But the entire movie, he couldn't kill Nikolai. Mm-hmm. Well, know. he's honed his. Strange. He's resharpened his skills. He he oh, had to get back in the swing of things. That's why all that. That's why all that tertiary crime was so important. <laughs> the tertiary crime was important. Needed to get him back into it. Needed to get my skills back up with the sledgehammer. Yeah. Um, what you don't? <laughs> so that's his sledging arm is you know out of practice. <laughs> but well, the movie is still not done. No, he's gonna go back to America, and we're gonna get to see the hooker with a heart of gold, right? Mm -hmm. um, this was a weird ending. Yeah, we should like, we shall again get there. But yeah, I think it's good they finally answered the question of how she got away. Yeah, you know, but it was very weird. Bit of an afterthought. And um, I was like, "How is it still ending? We're still, <laughs> we're st it's still not over." And then it ends with him doing random Craigslist ads. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like casual encounters. I don't mind if I do. I don't know. And I'm like, how casual are we talking here? This is how you're setting up the sequel? Yeah, through Craigslist. The Equalizer yeah. 2 Craigslist ads. <laughs> That's not how you do it. <laughs> you're, so you're such a confusing person. <laughs> well, that's it. That's the whole movie. Um, I know I made fun of it a lot, but I did it. I did very much enjoy uh, Denzel's character. But, so just, I, I, I'll just say that he was a badass. I think I enjoyed him equally. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> um, well, I've always known you as an equalizer. So that's me. The, 
Let's move on to the rank. A rank. So the rank is where we rank the movie based on 10 categories. Story, acting, originality, action sequences, chase slash fight scenes, film coherence, hero appeal, villain appeal slash hatred. This hero is a pill. <laughs> Supporting characters appeal and the final showdown. We rank it on a scale of one to five, one being the worst, five being the best. And the first one we start with is story, and it's for you, Zach. What do you got? For this is sorry, I got confused. Um that's I say that so often. For story, I gave it a three because I thought the story was fine for what it was doing, but nothing to write home about. In fact, I didn't write home about it. I thought about it and then I said this is nothing to write home about. My mom would hate hearing about this. <laughs> well, I gotta say, um, I gave it a three. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're I, doing good so far. Yeah, you know, spook and hiding exacts revenge for beating up underage prostitute. Um, my, what about my revenge? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the age-old story, right? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I didn't find the story super compelling, if I'm being honest. But uh, it wasn't terrible. Yeah, kind exactly. of middling, you know. Yeah, it was, um, it was. They wanted to set up a thing where he gets revenge, and they did. So right, exactly. Congrats. So so yeah. So we move on to the next category, which <laughs> yeah, is that was boring. But so what? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, okay, feels like the story, um, which is not <laughs> to say like this movie. story. <laughs> not to say that the story is boring, but it just was very like okay. Yep. You're so much more it. brutal this movie than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> so now we move on to acting and. Um, so I gave acting a 3.25. Mm -hmm. And I I enjoyed Denzel. And I actually thought the villain was really good, you know, after a while. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you know, if a little hammy. Um, and pretty much everyone else was eh. I wanted to like David Harbour more, but he was kind of eh too. So he, he was pretty eh, not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. So but what do you have for acting? I think this will surprise you. I gave it a four and a half. Wow, that does surprise me. Um, I'm, I'm sort I, of makes me happy actually a little bit. It similar to what you were saying. I mean, there were a couple of couple of clunkers. I I thought David Arbor was in fact a little a little meh, but um, not like I'm not gonna like hate him over it. Okay. Um, but aside from him and just a little random others. Um, I thought the acting was in general quite good, uh, at least at what it was supposed to be doing. Whoever that dude is who played creepy Russian Kevin Spacey was rather creepy. Yeah. So that that worked. Um, I actually did not like the character at all. Like, we'll get there for that. But given that what I'm fairly confident that they asked of him, that was uh, probably right on the money. And I thought Denzel was just fantastic. Um, yeah. Well, he's always great. He's he's always great and like he really I feel like if you put just so many other actors in this role, it doesn't quite work. And I don't know. Denzel brought uh something very real to it that was both convincingly badass, um, capable, but also like not over the top badass, um, just sort of quietly competent badass and very I guess vulnerable is what I'm trying to say. Um, I think you mentioned about, you know, he gets hurt every so often. And I think they did that very much on purpose because, like, he's 
supposed to be a little bit older out of the out of the game so to speak and right. and uh his physical pain you know is is uh is i'm sorry uh it mirrors the emotional pain that he's been going through blah 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 so i uh really really liked his performance yeah i mean for me it was the supporting acting that really mm -hmm. brought down the score yeah probably i was like I was, I was, I was to the point that I was annoyed. Like I was annoyed at Ralphie. I just was like, this is not good. Um, you know? So, um, but anyway, so the next category is originality. What do you have for that? Uh, originality. I gave a three. Um, I thought about going lower and then I did thought about not because I forgot to look up. In fact, like which came out first, this or some other similar movies. I mean, it's a pretty, a pretty rote kind of story and there's nothing wrong with that. But um, it, it, this is this is similar to story our story category where like this is not exactly new ground, you know. He's getting revenge on the person he cared about for for the person he cared about, not on him <laughs> getting revenge on Chloe Grace Moritz's <laughs> character. <laughs> Fuck you, Alina. <laughs> but uh, I don't know what she did to him. <laughs> <laughs> I let you my copy of Old Man in the Sea and you never gave it back. Um, now you have to die. That's what actually happened with the sledgehammer. Yeah, he killed her. That's where she went. <laughs> the last the last bit was a dream sequence. But uh Yeah, I and like I, I think I was unfairly comparing it to John Wick in my head a lot. You know, older actor kicking ass, getting back into I thought this was my last job, you know, blah blah blah. Yeah. So nothing nothing new, but still pretty good. Well, for me, I gave it a 3.75, so actually it was a little higher than you on this one. Mm -hmm. um, and the, I actually agree with everything you said, but I boosted my score because of the originality and the kill scenes. Mm -hmm. um, and, and like the way that they dispatched with uh, the bad guys. I felt that like there was there were a lot of creative ways that they did that. That was indeed really cool. And you mentioned that he only uses... He never uses an, a gun gun. He just right. uses implements, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He uses Tools. what other people have around him. I mean, he takes other people's guns away from them, you know? Uh -huh. So, I don't know. I just I felt like that was really original. Uh, and, and it was uh, original in the sense that, like, they didn't make it a thing. Like, if mm -hmm. you noticed it, you noticed it. But yeah, <clears throat> it wasn't like, I don't use guns, you know? Yeah. yeah. So... Other than that, though, I mean, it's a fairly generic action movie in terms of originality, just like you were saying. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so the next category is action sequences. I gave that a four and a half. Mm -hmm. I thought the action sequences were excellent. Um, definitely the best part of the movie, the action sequences and fight scenes, To not to uh, spoil my next um, ranking. But the only complaint I have is that they were often cloaked in darkness mm -hmm. and, and they, it seemed like they did the Paul Greengrass thing sometimes where they were yeah. doing the jumpy camera, which I'm not a huge fan of. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's all right, but it, it didn't work in this one, you know, and it, they didn't do it so much that it was too distracting, but when it did, it's, it's why it's not a, a five. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but anyway, yeah. What do you have for action sequences? 4.75. Uh, pretty, Pretty similar to what you were saying. Um, I actually kind of kept an eye out for sort of 
the shaky cam kind of stuff because I really don't care for it. And I'm always appreciative when an action movie shows you clearly what's happening. Yeah, me too. Um, Fred Astaire used to insist that they film his dance scenes far enough back from him that you could always see his full body. And like in as continuous unbroken cuts as possible, you know, obviously sometimes you have to cut because right. he wanted to, see, he's like, people came to see me dance. I want, to, want them to see me dance. Um, so I always appreciate it when an action movie does that, showing you the the the, the dance macabre. That don't fucking know. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but so yeah, it did get like that sometimes. I actually liked several of the sequences that were dark because of the sort of the 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 cat and mouse kind of game that he's kind of evening the field sometimes, like you know, tactically using darkness. And earlier, you said that he's a he's a real life Batman. It's actually funny because I don't remember at which point in the movie I was thinking about the Batman video games, the Arkham series. Which yeah. I don't believe you've played, but I've I've played them all. I love them all. Um, I play a lot of video games because I don't. One of us has kids, and one of us doesn't. Yeah, just I, you it makes me very can. jealous of you. By the way, <laughs> well, you know, you get to tell me cute stories about your adorable kids, and I get jealous then. So, and then I go oh, play a video go. game. That makes me feel a little bit better about it. Yeah, <laughs> um, you and your beautiful family. All, all I all I have is pixels. Yeah. You know, but, uh, all I really need to hear from you is you cry about it. So thank you. Yeah. No, no, it's um, okay. No, I just stubbed my toe. I wasn't crying about that. Okay. I just got water in my eyes. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? No, but uh, in the in the Arkham video games, there are a lot of parts where you're you're not really supposed to attack everybody head on and be like, "I'm gonna fight nine guys at once." The game encourages you to use your environment, use you know the darkness in the environment. To sneak around and pick guys off one by one, and um, you have you can do do it in creative ways. Like there's multiple ways to approach any situation. You can even string guys up, like so that they're hanging upside down or something, so that the other guards can see them and be like, oh, and they get scared and their fear level goes up and they're easier to get. Um, and I kept expecting every time Robert McCall took a guy out, I kept expecting that same sound effect that's from the Arkham games when you take out a, when you knock out a guard, it's like it's like bats fluttering away. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about because I yeah. did play Arkham uh, VR. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. So yeah, probably pretty similar. So uh, yeah, I was thinking like this is a lot like a Batman game because he's like stalking them, you know, and <laughs> especially like the the that whole end sequence which we'll get to final showdown in the the, the lowe's depot because of like we he was setting traps and shit it was it was yeah that of, was pretty cool it's kind of i don't want to say brilliant but it was very nice i liked it uh and well the most of the rest of the fights i just to finished up on that that i'm remembering are pretty coherent and i loved instead of using ridiculous quick cuts to make it us feel like he's fast they just somehow managed to get denzel to the point where he's just fast yeah well maybe like they I, did the teenage mutant ninja turtles thing where they slowed the film rate down that actually wouldn't be a horrible idea i'm not making fun of them just no i know it it takes probably years to get to that sort of fluid motion like the part i think with andre when they're in the warehouse just with that's so much fucking money um yeah. he's like oh can i see your gun and andre points it at him and it's just this the quickest, most fluid little just whoop, I've got your gun now. That was very cool to see. 
I love, yeah. I, I love those moments. And there's a lot of times where he kills people very quickly. And finally, just want to say, because this is about action fight, blah, blah, blah. Or actually, this is action sequences. This is action sequences, yeah. I'll, I'll save it for, you're, save you it for are, fight. Well, you're the next. Jason fight scenes is next, and you're doing it. So go ahead. I gave it a four just because I felt like I, I was like super back and forth, both of these categories, because I was like, mm -hmm. is it a fight or is it more action? Because like that last whole stalking sequence, it's not exactly a fight, right? Right. It's a lot more like an extended sequence of him killing guys. <laughs> right. It's like it's it's really just a saw movie, is all it is. Um, I didn't realize that he played Jigsaw in this movie. Um, <laughs> so I wasn't sure how to count it, so I just kind of went for and the other one I gave four point seven five, right? Yes. Because I was gonna say I meant to if I didn't, but so I figure they average out to about about what I think both should be. So you have like the fight sequence, for instance, in the very first time we see him do anything, the first action in the movie, yeah, where he where he kills all those guys. It's quick and it's over quick because we're supposed to see what an efficient badass killer he is. But it was really, it was creative and fun to watch. I enjoyed that, and I liked a lot of the decisions they made as far as showing us what Robert is doing and not showing us what he's doing. They. A lot of the movies is as much about what happens out of frame as what happens in frame. And I really actually loved a lot of the times when they went and didn't you you kind of complained that they didn't show like what they did what he did to the guy with the sledgehammer. I kind of like a well, lot of that stuff. Okay, so to be clear though, it's not I do like that too. I didn't like it for that scene specifically. Okay. Because okay. it did nothing. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I to me it was like I already fucking know he's a badass, you know? Yeah, we're at a point in the movie where this is established. Yeah, I mean, like, and what are we doing here? I don't care that Jenny's happy with him. Like, who gives a fuck? So, yeah. Anyway, but, uh, that might that might have been a good scene to, like, have at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that should have been, like, the first fucking scene to let you know, oh, shit, this guy might be kind of a badass. This guy's know? a badass, but we haven't seen him be a badass yet. We just right. have indication that he is. Right, and then you, you're just like, oh, whoa, what's this about? And then you have that scene where he fucks up. Because then you could, you're kind of, like, geared up, like, oh, we're going to actually get to see him do what he, what we didn't get to see him do before, you know? That's a, that's a fantastic idea, actually. <laughs> I, uh, I would I would, I would have encouraged them to do that if I had thought of it and I was in the room and anyone cared what I had to say. But if those three things were true... Well, you know what I, Antoine would have said to you, right? Who are you and why are you no, in No, he would have said, fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Is this what it's like when I make bad jokes? I'll never, I'll never do it again. I swear. <laughs> um, no, but uh, yeah, there are a couple of parts where I really enjoyed us not totally, and I can't remember the others now. Um, or like just not seeing exactly what he's up to, and we know something is going on. Like for instance, what was his name? Randy, Georgie. Oh, Ralphie. Ralphie. Um, Andy Georgie? I don't know. Something. <laughs> like it matters. Um, <laughs> well, you know Ra how I feel. Yeah. Well, Ralphie is, he like leads the one guard to the to the security room because Gladys Knight and the Pips are playing. And like, we know that he's going to be there and he's going to get the guy somehow. But it's still kind of cool that we see him suddenly, you know, be in the back, you know, in the doorway. Because we didn't know that's exactly what he had planned. I kind of liked a lot of that stuff. Um, what was another one that um? It doesn't matter. But there's there's another one that's similar to the to the 
sledgehammer scene we don't really see what oh uh like the sunglasses just he has evidence of that this guy who was wearing those sunglasses oh, yeah, his sunglasses are now busted cool. and, and bloody we didn't need to see him do it it was still really cool so anyway because we it's if there had been no examples of him being that badass then it would have just been like okay you keep telling us but we haven't seen it yet but so uh, what do you have for it though for fights chase and fights i have 4.75 oh okay <laughs> so i actually thought the chase and fight scenes were better than the action se sequences i feel like i probably could have gone the other way around too i just thought about it weird well i mean you know i i understood where you were getting at i, I mean this is this is I, the movie shines here mm -hmm. i mean really it's the action sequences the chase and fight they're just incredible that you're mm -hmm. right they make tons of great choices um, I mean, it only suffers from what the action sequences suffered from, and that's the the darkness and the jumpy camera. And I, I get what you're saying about the darkness, and it, it it does kind of give me a different perspective. But at the same time, I I like to kind of see what's going on better. You know, yeah. I find it frustrating to like wait, what what did he do? You know, I, I don't want to have to like when I'm watching a fight, I want to see what the fuck happened in the fight. Yeah, yeah. you know, I gotcha. Um, but you know, that being said, I only deducted it like a quarter of a point because yeah. of it. So obviously I'm not dissatisfied in any way. Um, <laughs> so you're not going to, you're not going to call up your equalizer provider and say, I'm dissatisfied with my equalizer service. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that, you know, I, th I think you, you said a lot for this one and I don't think I, I can really add to it. Um, so I'm going to move on to the next category, which is film coherence. And for film coherence, I gave a 2.25. Oh, <laughs> rather so low. I feel like a lot of this movie was just kind of crazy jumpy. Yeah. Um, so we spend an inordinate amount of time with the fucking Lowe's Depot people, right? Because <laughs> we needed to see that he would care if they died. I mean, <laughs> But, but with the prostitute, we're all done with her almost immediately after the hospital. So, like, tons of time with these characters that nobody gives a shit about. And then the one character that you had us, like, concerned about, you're like, never again. Not until the weird <laughs> fucking ending. And why did we even have the bit where he gets where he gets Jenny's ring back, as we've talked about several times? Like, what? I, I don't give a shit. I know he's I, there was nothing. There was no point to that fucking scene at all. Like what? What plot did that serve? Yeah, you got I, nothing. That's what I thought. So we had we had already established that he was a badass, and then we we didn't even get to see him be a badass. And and this is what I'm saying. Where it seemed episodic. It was like going from like episode to episode with no like. You didn't. There was like. You know, okay, here's the new episode, and this is what he's doing here. It's like, okay, but how does this relate to the last one? It doesn't. It's just this guy doing stuff. Um, so anyway, it, <laughs> I it, it the the coherence of the movie kind of pissed me off. So evidently, <laughs> what do you have for it? I gave it a three, and I feel like I, I felt like mine was kind of low. <laughs> I'm feeling like it's not. Um, I uh, I agree that it wasn't so strong in this area. I didn't think of a lot of the things that she said, but I see your point. Um, what 
I did notice and and take note of the fact that Chloe Grace Moretz disappears from the movie for most of it. That felt odd. <laughs> it was very weird. Um, like it felt like she was like an integral part, but okay, <laughs> she's gone. Um, and then kind of introducing and then not care. Like we like I didn't really care enough about the other prostitute to care when she died, particularly except for the fact that what's his face was creepy about it. Um, I kind of didn't like, I don't know. So I, I, a lot of, it's a character thing more than a story thing, but just a lot of people didn't feel like they mattered. Well, the, the ending in fact was, it, it actually did annoy me in that same way. It's because it, I was thinking like, oh, you know, this is another example of we, we keep noticing that newer action movies don't know when to, to stop. Yeah. They don't know when to fucking end. Just fucking end. Yeah, and you don't need action. to build up what the next fucking episode is going to be because you've already established this guy's a fucking badass. So all you have to do is be like, "Hey, the badass is back," you know, <laughs> and we'll all be like, "Neat, I'll go see it." Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that didn't actually bother me so much. I mean, it does. It does annoy me because I found we'll get we'll get to the end the the final showdown there, but like. After a big final showdown, I don't want all that much more. You know, it's yeah. like if why do we need to go fucking go after the the Pushkin guy? Yeah. Make the Pushkin guy the fucking guy then. You know, <laughs> have him come to fucking America and have him be at the goddamn Lowe's Depot so he can kill him too. You know, <laughs> I just it was stupid. He's like, I must go to America to Lowe's Depot. Well, you know, because we've established that like. He's kind of pissed off at Nikolai, right? Nikolai's mm -hmm. like not even picking up his calls. Mm -hmm. I would think that would earn a fucking plane ticket, right? You know, like <laughs> I'm gonna come out and make sure you're doing your job. That's probably not a bad idea, but um, yeah, and like after I was thinking, like after a roller coaster ends, right? I don't want to like sit and talk while I'm still on the roller coaster. I want to get <laughs> off the roller coaster right. and like enjoy. Oh man, that was a fun roller coaster. What do you think the of... roller coaster's story is now? <laughs> Where does it go now? Does it go to Russia? I don't know. So I agree with that. I had another reason for... I wish I could remember this other reason I had for the low coherence score, but I got nothing. <laughs> well, let's move on to Hero Appeal. What let's you, do it. What did you give Hero, Hero Appeal? I gave it 4.75, which is coincidentally, you might notice, the same as my acting score for reasons because i thought that he was really cool no it's basically score is four and a half. Oh, fuck so it's not the same at all put <laughs> <laughs> that part out <laughs> but uh yeah i thought the i thought he was pretty cool he's not i liked that he wasn't super like we didn't go deep deep into his backstory um because he got to remain kind of mysterious and cool uh and i thought he was really well played and really well executed and the one thing is that he's you know he's kind of wooden which works for in a lot of ways but also kind of hurts in some ways because you know you don't like deeply empathize with him right but i did i did want to and very much enjoy seeing him kick ass so and i enjoyed i kind of enjoyed whenever he was on screen you know he's on screen i'm going Ooh, neat neat ass kicking i like neat ass kicking creative ass kicking is one of my favorite kinds of ass kicking well, you and I are in complete agreement on this. I gave it a 4.75 as well. Oh. I I really enjoyed Robert McCall. I mm -hmm. I 
I was not expecting to like him as much as I did. Mm -hmm. But no, man, yeah. he was a badass. I every time he was on screen, I was into it and I was rooting for him. You know, I was just like, it was like I was sort of watching it like a teenager sometimes when he was yeah. in a fight scene. I was like, oh my gosh, whoa, this is so cool! What a badass! You know, like yeah, I feel similarly. So, I think that's pretty incredible. I mean, I, I think that shows how awesome Denzel is, you know, charismatically, right? His ability yeah. to carry a film um, that he could revert me back to being a teenager and just like enjoying seeing an action star kick ass, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I got. So we're in agreement there. Perfect. So now we will move on to villain appeal slash hatred. And I am very curious where we're going to line, if we're going to line up on this one. So I'll just, I'll tell you my score. I gave it a 4.35. Okay. Now I'll admit that I got kind of sick of him. Right. But I did think he was a very hateable villain. Like I definitely rooted against him. Mm -hmm. um, so from that standpoint, the appeal worked. Um, mm -hmm. So I, so I should say I am taking Nikolai as the villain and not Pushkin. Um, yeah. Because so, if we call the villain Pushkin, then it would be a much lower score. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, I, I thought he was very effective and creepy, and I fucking hated him. So, mm -hmm. yeah. What do you have? I went the opposite direction, and that I gave it a two. And I initially was going to give it like a one and a half, and it went up throughout the movie. Um, and this is actually really interesting because it's the same kind of reasoning for me, and that I fucking hated him. Um, and you might say, well, then he was effective. That's exactly what right, they were going that's for. what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it is. But the thing is, is that he was creepy and horrible, but not engaging for me in any way. He wasn't I interesting. And I kind of hated every time he was on screen in comparison to Robert McCall, who I enjoyed seeing on screen. This guy kept showing up and I kept going, fuck, oh my God, is he almost out at this movie? Like I wanted the movie to end, not because I didn't like the movie, but because I wanted this guy dead. I kept hoping maybe there's another boss, maybe he'll die. And then, you know, maybe he dies, I don't know, halfway through the movie, a quarter of the way through the movie, an eighth of the way through the movie. 30 seconds of the way through the movie, he dies. And then the rest of it's going after Pushkin, maybe. <laughs> well, so to be clear, what you're saying is that you wanted him to be killed off as a character because you just you just didn't enjoy seeing him on the screen. Not that you wanted him to be killed off because you hated him, like because you were engaging with the character, and that's why you hated him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I I didn't want him in the movie anymore. So, but I mean, isn't that kind of what the villain's supposed to be? Yeah, you're right. Um, I, I maybe should have gone the same way you did in that he's hateable, so, but that's the point. I just, I just wanted less of him, less, less, uh, what's, I don't remember his name. It doesn't matter. Nikolai. Just, ugh. Yeah. I mean, he was, uh, yeah. It, so, yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, I felt like it was, he was effective in that way. Cause I was mm -hmm. like, God fucking Jesus, this guy. Um, I also, I also believed that he was, um, I don't want to say badass, but like that he was an effective killing machine. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I get that too. 
You want to know who he just, who I just realized he reminds me of is the Doug Ray Scott character in Mission Impossible 2. That's who I thought of too. I thought, but I just, to me, the Doug Ray Scott character was just so over the top. And yeah. Yeah. But but I didn't feel like he was as over the top. He probably wasn't, but it was like creepy in the same uncomfortable way that made me uncomfortable and not like a, like a Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. He wish he very much does, but like in an interesting way, this was just in a kind of way. I don't want this guy around anymore. Like, can we be done with him, please? So, I, you know, what it is, maybe, 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 maybe the viewers, the viewer listeners, what are they called? Um, listeners, (laughs) maybe the, the audience will say, You are stupid, therefore, we engage. Yeah, please. Yeah, maybe Zach's engaging in his villain appeal. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna be like, no, I didn't find the. I found, I found him disgusting, but not interesting. Yeah. I'll be like, story of my life. <laughs> Put it on my fucking headstone. Disgusting, but not interesting. Well, let's move on to supporting characters appeal. Would you give that one? I gave that one a two point seven five because I wasn't sure what to give it. I thought Chloe Grace Moretz was good while she was on screen, but we've talked about that, and everybody else was just sort of there. So, well. I gave it a 1.75. Okay. <laughs> I think you probably feel similarly, but more so. Yeah. I just was like, ugh. Yeah. David Harbour was pro- I actually, I sort of forgot about Chloe Grace Moretz because they made me forget about her. Because um, I was thinking David Harbour was probably the best of the supporting characters, at, yeah. you know, appeal-wise. And um, that's not saying much. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> So I pretty much found everyone else annoying and didn't want want them on the screen anymore. I actually found Alina annoying at times, you know, like I just was kind of like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I got it. Um, just just all not great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I, I actually think I was tainted by Alina because of how fucking terrible the ending was with her. Yeah, that wasn't very. I was just like, whoa, it was completely unnecessary. It made me wonder if, like, they filmed the ending, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 fuck you, all was like, um, <laughs> was like, oh shit, this is not good. I don't think I can put her in the rest of this movie, and that's why, and that's why we didn't see her anymore. <laughs> she got fired halfway through. Yeah, um, should never let you talk me into letting you play twenty-five-year-old. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for Denzel and uh, and you know Russian Kevin Spacey, there, I think there would be very little appeal in this movie. Yeah, so, same. Um, anyway, yeah. So let's move on to the final showdown. Ooh. So, um, I actually think we're going to be kind of far off on the final final showdown because I decided that the the Pushkin thing was the final showdown. Oh my god! <laughs> I can see you not caring for that so much then. Well, I gave it a three and a half because okay. I did think it was co- like a badass scene, right? Yeah, it was. Um, and the reason I'm going with Pushkin is because it just, to me, if you're gonna have that, if you're gonna have that scene in there, then that's the final one, right? I mean, it's just that's the conclusion of his of his adventure, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, I sort of wish that they hadn't done it because honestly, if if they had left it as as you know, you know, home lows, then I would have uh, I I would have had it higher because that mm-hmm. was an amazing scene. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but really, the final showdown was killing Pushkin. So um, I enjoyed the way he pulled that off, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll give him higher than average, but um, I didn't really care that much about killing Pushkin. Well, I'm now conflicted. Should I should I grade it on the killing Pushkin? Because I'm willing to. Because well, you're, you're right, that kind of is actually the final showdown. I just sort of wrote it off in my head because it's so that's beside the point. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll... It's up to you. Go go with your gut on this. Go with God. I uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna. Obviously, I think that the Lowe's Depot scene is meant to kind of be the final showdown of the movie, and then they just made a bad decision and kept going. Um, I will ask though, <laughs> the killing Pushkin scene. Is there a reason he had to electrocute him instead of just killing him regular? Was was he making it look like an accident so like nobody investigates this famous Russian oligarch's death? This is a really good point that I had not thought of because I, in that scene, I think that is what they're going for. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what I allowed it to be. Mm-hmm. But then I, I guess I just sort of let go of the fact that it's just a bunch of dead bodyguards strolling yeah. through the house afterwards. Right. So, so then yeah. it doesn't make any sense. So that was fairly inconsistent. And also I'm very glad though, well done on Denzel's part, Robert McCall's part to not, get blood on any of those paintings because those were all like a bunch of masterpieces and I assume that we're supposed to think that they're the originals since this is you know a obscenely wealthy Russian criminal yeah oh, sim- similar to uh, I was like wasn't there the account. Just do a movie? Yeah. the account yeah, yeah. <laughs> where she's got like her well the account actually he had better taste in in uh in artists because he had a he had a thing for modern art and so do I but um I think I saw at least one Caravaggio on his wall, so he has some taste, at least, this Russian... I wonder what happens to stuff after that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I, it's kind of interesting, because like, I don't know... You want the print you, from the movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I meant, like, if you're a criminal and you have an... And you kind of illegally oh, have like, I see. a world like, masterpiece. You're in the, like, in the can world. You be- yeah, can you bequeath that to, like... A relative, given that like you weren't supposed to have it in the first place, or does like just the universe claim it and like some uni- some museum gets it? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's an interesting question. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm a bit far afield of the final showdown, though. Yeah, I still don't know what you're what you're gonna go with. <laughs> what what do you what's your grade there? Given that it's the Lowe's Depot scene, I gave it a five. I thought it was brilliant and perfect. Um, I loved it. It was I loved that there was some fighting. I actually could have done with a little bit less of the fight in the. Mirror, the mirror section of Lowe's, yeah, um, with large Russian guy, but it was kind of nice to see him actually kind of you know get getting hurt. up a little bit, yeah, because yeah. like he's not invincible. The the creative ways of him killing people were just so cool, and they set it up very perfectly. Fuqua and whoever his cinematographer is did a good job of again giving us just enough information that we're anticipating, and then it's still neat to see how it actually went down. Um, and I expected while it was happening <laughs> to hate the scene where the the rain the the fire system comes on and he starts walking epic and cool because your corrective is very like oh oh my god really this is what we're going with this movie but somehow it completely worked for me I don't know if it was just Denzel being cool or even the fact that like they used a like a real song with lyrics 
that didn't bother me, <laughs> which it sometimes would, because it wasn't just like soundtrack stuff. It was like suddenly a music video. <laughs> and that still worked for me. I just thought it was so cool. I loved the fact that it was a nail gun that I didn't even realize that at first. Um, it's so brutal the way he kills Nikolai. And like Nikolai's not even moving his arm correctly once once he starts getting shot in it. And I don't know if it's because like those nails are like destroying his tendons or something, but I loved it. I loved um, the way that Nikolai is like dying and looking back up at him. And he doesn't even say anything cool. He doesn't say anything quippy. It's just, you're, I'm going to fucking kill you now. And that's that. Enjoy, enjoyable as hell. Um, if the movie had ended basically right then, maybe like one quick scene to show that he's just back at his house in Boston enjoying himself or something. Yeah, it would have been, it, it would have been so much better. But given given that that is what we got, I uh, actually kind of like the idea that he's putting on putting up Craigslist ads to help random strangers. I was like, oh, sequels coming. But, yeah, I didn't mind that, but it's it's what led to that, you know. Yeah. You know, if it had just gone almost completely straight from the Lowe's Depot scene to that, to that, yeah, that, that would have been like, a lot better. That's cool. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, <laughs> you know what? Maybe my uh, my. Uh, unfair score to the villain appeal is made up by the fact that I consider the final showdown to do something different than you did. Yeah. It all, it all evens out in the end. The reason we call her Rory is because she's very loud. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see. It's just, <laughs> it's just her personality. She's just a woman. Only yeah. So, well, that's the rank, mm -hmm. right? So we've done the rank. Let's, let's total it all up here. And it's kind of crazy. It is in between the mummy and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It ended up with a 72.6. Mm. But listen to how close it is to The Mummy. The Equalizer got 72.6. The Mummy, 72.65. Ooh. Look at that. And you know what else is fascinating about this? Is that The Nice Guys is above both of those. Oh, yeah. Not by a ton. And it's just, it's funny to me because I'm thinking like, I bet Zach would say you definitely like the Equalizer more than the Nice Guys. Yeah, I probably would, and that's not to knock the Nice Guys. I just like this a little bit better. And yet, in our the way the system is set up, and that we're averaging the two of us, that's super fascinating. I know it's kind of cool. Just just to show you, next time you see some sort of statistical thing, you should take a look at how it went on behind the scenes to figure out exactly what it's actually saying. I wouldn't do that. I would just find a pundit that you like and then mm -hmm. just just listen to them blindly. That's actually not a bad idea in a way. <laughs> finding finding not a pundit you like, but maybe an analyst that you, you know, understand and and, and trust. And trust that they are not being deceitful purposefully. All right. Well, let's let's yeah, let's go to the outro, which is usually your favorite part, right? I love the outro. Let's bring it on. Well, thank you for listening. To our listener once again um keeping us keeping us going there mom um <laughs> hey you gave it away <laughs> if you'd if you'd like to see an updated list of our rankings you can see that on our website at the rank with john and zach.com um please become a patron of ours on patreon um at patreon.com slash the rank podcast look i know it sounds like i don't want to pander for money or anything like but it would be nice <laughs> to get better equipment so we can make the show better and more entertaining for more people. Um, I would enjoy just sort of knowing that someone liked us enough to do that. 
but yeah, I mean, if you if you become a patron, I mean, you can get listen to the episodes early. You can get them ad free, and then um, you know we'll give you shout outs. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of cool options there, um, but even short of becoming a patron and giving us money, um, we would love it if you uh, if, if you just wanted to engage with us via email or through threads or through twitter or through instagram or commenting on youtube uh shorts that we put out which that that's a thing now which mm-hmm. we didn't have before yeah um yeah and i did zach and i have discussed this so if you've made it to the end of this episode and you're interested in this um we've thought about maybe having a way to have a patron only um series of of episodes Mm. and the thought we had was that we could do reviews of you know movies as the as they come out so like you know um in this case the equalizer three right we'd go see it we rank it based on it being an action movie would get we do the same ranking we do now um but you'd get that right away so um you know we'd see it maybe thursday night record friday um, put it out Saturday and you guys, uh, could, could get the reviews that way. And it would only be available to people that are our patrons. Let us know what you think. If that's an idea that, that you think is worthwhile and that we should, uh, entertain, um, trying to pursue, then, you know, tell us if you think it's stupid and tell us, tell us, shut the fuck up, I guess. But either way, tell us something. Yeah. And we're we're like uh, a kid who's acting out. Any attention, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Negative attention. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, let's move on to telling you what we're doing next week. So check us out next week when we're ranking Edge of Tomorrow, the 2014 movie starring Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, and directed by Doug Liman. I, for and, one, am very excited about this. Well, I think that people you should also make sure that everyone knows that they can tune in tomorrow as well for the edge of next week <laughs> the edge of next week oh god that's yeah that's that's want to lose point. viewership like just because you failed to mention always forgetting things yeah basically there's lots of different things that we're doing and um you know we hope that we're you know the people are enjoying what we're uh what we're building here and I mean, we're enjoying doing it. So, anyway, I guess we'll let you go. Thanks again for listening, and goodbye. <laughs> we'll let you. We'll let the viewer go. We'll let you go. Like, like we're keeping them up. <laughs> They're like, oh, I was, I was waiting until you were done to leave, but thank you. They're like, this outro is going on forever. <laughs> so yeah, thanks again for listening, and goodbye. And fuck off.